You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Hello. Wow, that was a really intense start. <laughs> Hello, uh, listeners, Sewing and Growing faithful. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I hope you enjoyed the rebroadcast of Look Again at Love with Pastor Shane Woodham. That was one of my favorite episodes that we've recorded with a guest. Every guest, I a lot of times I say they're my favorite, because everyone is just so good. They have so many different things that they bring to the table, and Pastor Shane's viewpoint on love and his application of love is just... Uh, I was going to say second to no one, but that would be a fallacy because Jesus obviously was the best person at walking in love. His but genuineness his genu- stands strong it does in stand the office. Strong. Yeah. Whenever you have a conversation with him, you leave going, that guy's faith is genuine. Absolutely. So um, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, yeah, hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving. You ate great Thanksgiving food. And you are ready for the Christmas season because we are in December, folks. I put my Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving. I decorated my door after Thanksgiving. I put my Christmas tree up before Halloween. That's otherworldly. But it's just now being decorated, so it was just in my house as a as a bare bones tree. You're getting a yes. I'm getting a message, but that doesn't influence my ability to do this podcast. <laughs> I was just saying, you might want to put it on silent. I, I should. I apologize. I never take my phone off of silent. See, I don't normally during work, but then I cause offense because a lot of times I don't feel it vibrate. Same. Do you feel it vibrate? I get a lot of phantom vibrations. That's actually something that somebody said might go on like the DSM five or six as a well, mental condition because we have phantom rings wow. in our pockets. You know, where you reach for your pocket. Yeah. Like, hey my phone ring but i'll say this every time i'm in a movie theater and it's like please silence your cell phones i check my phone even though i haven't taken it off of vibrate in like 10 years right (laughs) right well you still answer a lot when i call i appreciate that thanks um a lot of times you call me when my phone is in my hand so i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing (laughs) i don't know all right (laughs) can i get started yeah go ahead Uh, thank you for bearing with us as we just shoot the breeze to start this podcast off and it's been a while since we've had a shoot at the breeze podcast maybe we'll do one of those at some point that's fun that's where we just talk as if you were in here and we literally had no agenda you may think we have no agenda with the way these (laughs) podcasts go but this is us trying to provide an agenda Mm -hmm. and i do have an agenda for us today and it's to talk about our thoughts. That's something that we talk about a lot and actually think about a lot as well because we have thoughts going on all day long, every day. And Pastor Mark this year taught on our thoughts and he presented a statistic that I thought was pretty interesting. Apparently this is on the low side, but do you, Pastor Jonathan, off the top of your head, know how many thoughts we have a day on average? Wow. Six I didn't want to. I thought maybe if I delayed and you want to know exactly what I was thinking, I was like, well, I know that the average male speaks around 6,000 words per day. So if you're speaking those words, your your thoughts might be around that or a little higher. See, I thought, you know where I thought you were going to go? This is why I cut you off. I thought you were going to say like something like 32,000 and then I would say 6,000 and that wouldn't seem as impressive, but 6,000 thoughts. A day, on average. Some more, some less. Here is the really sticky statistic after that. What percentage, on average, concerning those thoughts are negative? I would say more than half. 
It is more than half. 80% of our thoughts on average are more than negative. So that is before we're saved. Mm -hmm. That's our natural bent. Of course, after salvation, one of the main declarations that we get a hold of early on in our faith is what Romans 12 says, which is to not be conformed to this world, Mm -hmm. but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm-hmm. So our mind gets renewed as we work on our thoughts. And thoughts are really important. I have studied in Scripture a lot, not as much as some, but there's thoughts that come to my mind about Scripture when I think about thoughts. And one of the main ones is in Proverbs 23, 7, where it says, For as a man thinks in his heart, mm-hmm. so, so is, is he. he. So, so often we can't see what's going on on the inside. But what's going on the inside eventually affects our identity. For as a man thinks in his heart, eventually that's who he'll become. And as I was preparing for this uh, message, this discussion with you, I thought of A.W. Tozer. Man, talk about somebody who's well-respected in the evangelical community. Uh, it's A.W. Tozer. It's the Tozer. It's a lot of those Tozer. guys have like two initials for their first name. I mean, they have real names, but D.L. Moody. Yeah, D.L. Moody, T.L. Osborne, A.W. Tozer, R.C. Sproul. <laughs> there right? we go. We're we're <laughs> dipping into a bunch of different branches of A. Christianity. A. Allen. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we could go on forever, but Give that's not more. what this Just podcast kidding. is about. A.W. Tozer. He said this. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Mm. Worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts of God. I'm going to read it one more time. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts of God. And I've been just really intrigued with church history Recently, I've been spending so many time, so many hours, I should say. <laughs> so many times. So many of a time. So much time with earbuds in listening to like lectures on church history. You literally have a giant book on the table That's right for the now. next podcast, man. Oh. Save that for the next podcast. <laughs> but yes, on church history, and one of the first things that the church ran into was Gnosticism. And what Gnosticism really was, was the opposite of what we're dealing so often in our day. Gnosticism said that Jesus could not be man. He had to have been only God because he couldn't be great if he was just man. So they had, to some degree, too high of a view of Christ where they couldn't even imagine him to be man. But I think we deal with the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. We make Jesus too much of a man and forget of how high and exalted he is. So what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And Paul touched on this in Romans 1 about our thoughts toward God and really a warning. I would say... That first century of Rome was a high point of Rome. They were strong, and within 400 years, they had pretty much completely collapsed. A culture that was collapsing. And uh, we don't believe in the name of Jesus and declare great things about our culture, but it seems that we should (laughs) heed the warnings that Paul spoke to the Romans. So these are the two verses, Romans 121 and 128, that I thought of concerning our thoughts towards God. Paul said this in 121. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. In that, he's talking about the Romans and the culture of the day, how just natural world and creation is enough to show you that there is a God. But he said, even though they knew God, that's amazing to me, that he said they knew God, they were not willing to glorify him. And then he says, be thankful. And their thoughts became futile. And if you go to verse 28, 
He says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, other translations say retain God in their thoughts, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. So they weren't willing to keep God on their mind. They knew God. They weren't going to glorify him. They weren't going to be thankful. And they just put God outside of their thoughts. They didn't spend time thinking about God in their thoughts. God handed them over to a debased mind where they started doing debased actions. So not only do our thoughts change us, but specifically our thoughts about God change us. So out of the 6,000 thoughts a day, how many of those thoughts are about God? Depends. <laughs> whatever you want. You know, that's a rhetorical question. Yeah. I can't answer it for you. I don't even know who's listening to this podcast right now. But we all have an amount of thoughts that we think towards God. And my premise for this discussion is this. Think about the one who thinks about you. And that comes from what David said. The psalmist said in Psalm 139, 17 through 18, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. So we know that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. What he speaks is true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, my word is spirit and life. So when he says sand, I looked up at the number. How many grains of sand, if these wow. thoughts are more numerous, so this is interesting, there's 7.5 sextillion, <laughs> so let me read how many zeros that is, all right, let's just do it, 7.5 sextillion grains of sand, that's 75000000000000000000000, that's 17 zeros, that's how many grains of sand, and God is beyond our knowledge, something we can't comprehend. But he says, your thoughts towards me outnumber the grain of sand in the world. That's amazing. You could say that he's fond of you. You could say he's fond <laughs> of you. And you might wonder, well, what is he thinking about me? But God's revealed what he's thinking about of us. I think of Isaiah 55. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And you're like, what is he thinking? Jeremiah 29, 11. Oh, you want me to say it? You, if you'd like yeah. to. Yeah, well, he says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans of good, not of evil, to prosper you, give you a future and a hope. Yes, That's exactly. That's the Jonathan he's, translation. He's got it in his heart. <laughs> plans and some I, yeah. translations, I say, I know the thoughts that I think towards yeah. you. Thoughts of good, not of evil. Exactly what Pastor Jonathan said. So the thought is, how many of those thoughts am I thinking about God? If God's thinking about me that much and his thoughts are better and higher, maybe my life would be better if instead of thinking about the problems and the different things that were thinking of, we're thinking about God. Because we right. spend our time, I know I spend my time thinking about things so often mm -hmm. and getting caught up in those thoughts. And I really believe God put on my heart that my time would be better served instead of even thinking about how to solve some of those problems. Thinking about God instead of whatever's going on because his thoughts are higher. And maybe if I think about him more often, I would get his mm -hmm. thoughts instead of trying to just rely on my own power to figure out what I can figure out. Mm -hmm. So where do we start? Here are three different things that I can think we can start off by thinking about God. And first off is his love, his love. So with that, here's a scripture. Psalm 36, seven says, how priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. I like how it says, how precious is your love, O God. If we meditate on his love, Imagine the calming effect it would have. Imagine the securing effect that it would have. Imagine the empowering effect it would have because faith worketh by love. Whatever God's going to 
cause you to do, lead you to do, to take the next step that you're anxious about. I'm telling you, the energy you're going to need is love. And you're going to find that by meditating on his love. Augustine had this quote. He said, in loving me, you made me lovable. And I think as we meditate on his love for us, it changes us, it transforms us, and it becomes who we are. And really, I think you could make a point. That's what we're called to be, are people of love. Yeah. Ephesians 5.1 says, be imitators of God as dear children. Well, John said, God is love. So to imitate God is to imitate love. John 15 says that he's divine, we're the branches, and apart from him, we can do nothing. If we're connected to the love, love's going to be working through us. So really, the first thing to think about is his love. How about number two? Amen. His power. I'm Isaiah, just soaking. I'm I know. I'm, I'm, I'll provide a spot for you. Okay. I feel like I'm doing kind of <laughs> what, I, what do to you? <laughs> I normally have to do with you, and I don't want to do that. Jump in, brother. Cut me off. Isaiah 40. Okay. I'm going to no. <laughs> go Isaiah 40, 26 says this concerning his power. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. So we know there's stars that die and move on. But God says, I know about all that. Not a single mm -hmm. one is missing. So I thought, I looked up the grain of sand. How about how many stars are there? Is it over a sextillion? So you're wondering, <laughs> are there more grains of sand on the earth or are there more stars? Are we talking just confined to the Milky Way galaxy? No, or all galaxies. And that's ever expanding. That they know of. Ooh. So there are 200 billion trillion stars. That is 200 sextillion. So wow. with grain of sand, it was 7.5. <laughs> but now we have 200 sextillion. I mean, we thought it was impressive that God... Yeah could number the amount of hairs on her head. This is way more impressive than that. Knows the stars, created them, and brings them out like an army knowing their name. Man, I only know a few stars' names. Yeah, I, Alpha I'm with Centauri. you. And I went through a semester Beetlejuice. of astronomy in college, the and North I didn't really know any. <laughs> so that's two, his power. So you start mm -hmm. meditating on his love, and then you think of how powerful he is. You're already going to be better off. And third... His leading. Psalm 23, mm. 1 says this. A lot of us have it memorized. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Yeah. I shall not want. I shall not want. That's another great one. Yes. It makes us just really positioned in a great spot. Brings us to a spot of relationship with our Father. Reacquaints us with his amazing personage. Personage? Persona? Persona? That's, that sounds like almost like a fake thing. Like no. you're putting it on. Person. Let's just say person. His otherness? <laughs> if Addison was here, we'd definitely say otherness. Addison Bevere. Look up that podcast. Yeah. And to be honest, this is some of what he brought out in that podcast about sometimes our decision, we can elevate the decision mm -hmm. and make an idol out of the decision instead of thinking of the otherness of God. That's mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. Thinking about how big, incomparably strong, powerful, and loving our Father is puts us in a position where we'll be more wise. I guess I'll interject. I was just thinking about this at the very beginning because you were talking about how um, people were not putting God in his proper place. Um, and I just tend to think about like when we were, well, when I was growing up and I went to a private Christian school, one of the main things, one of the first things we were taught is about God's 
omnipotence, his omniscience, and his omnipresence, right? Him being all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere at all yes. times. And so it was really ingrained in us about the magnitude and awesomeness of who God really was. And I think that when you get a grasp of how amazing his omniscience, his omnipotence, and his omnipresence, I think helps you think about him a little bit more. And I was thinking just in a natural example, a basketball fan, who do you think they think about more, LeBron James or Bones Highlands? You're like, I don't even know who Bones Highland is, right? You would think about LeBron James. He's greater in every single category. And, you know, that greatness is directly correlated to how much you think about some some something or someone. So if you don't have a proper grasp on how great and magnificent and loving all those things that you were mentioning, if you don't have a grasp on that, you're not going to really think about them. And I think it was the, a quote that you said at the very beginning, and I'm kind of misquoting it. We can look at it again. Um, was it the Tozer quote? It might have been the Tozer quote. I'll put my own spin on it about your level of worship really being limited to your revelation yeah. of who God is. That was the part of the Tozer quote. He said okay. that worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts of God. Yeah. So I was just thinking the less you know about him, obviously, the less you'll think about him and the less intimate your worship will be. So you want deep times of worship. I'm not just talking about like singing songs, but being with him, you want that to be as intimate and as memorable as possible. If you barely know who God is, it's not going to be a very good experience. And it's in Jeremiah 29. We like to quote that part, but he said, when you seek me with your whole heart, you'll find me. Yeah. And when you seek me and you call out to me, mm -hmm. I will answer you. There's yeah. those if, like if you do this, mm -hmm. you'll get this. So that's part of it, seeking him. and. I want to mention another verse to kind of wrap it up. I'm almost done. We don't have to go very long. But here's the promise of what I'm talking about, that think on the one that thinks on us. Isaiah 23, 6, this is the promise for us. You will keep him in perfect peace, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So that's it. Thoughts are not fixed on us solving the problem, not figuring things out, but fixed on him. You keep him in perfect peace. I keep... Being reminded again of the quote, not quote, statistic that Addison brought up that high school teenagers who don't necessarily, for the most part, have to provide for their families or have heavy weight of life on them have the same level of anxiety yeah. that people were institutioned with in the 1950s. Wow. They're not operating in peace. The biblical promises, God will give us perfect peace right. as we trust in him, as our thoughts are fixed on him. Right, and life is theoretically getting easier each century, right? Each generation, there's more privileges, easier things, yet stress going up. It seems to be tied to a biblical principle that even if life gets easier, if your thoughts are not on him, you will have an absence of peace in your life. And the fact that he's our shepherd should really encourage us because that means we're sheep and sheep are not... Sheep are stupid. Sheep are not supposed to be smart and lead right. themselves. Or to yeah. figure things out. Right. You think about even, we'll just go down the sheep route here for a minute, like all the technology that is available to keep sheep healthy today versus 100 years ago, right? Without the shepherd, the sheep still has the same outcome, yeah. whether 100 years ago or from today. Exactly. And just to show how stupid sheep are, <laughs> there's a story of, I forget where in the world. But the shepherds went to breakfast and they were gone for like an hour and a half with a herd of somewhere around a thousand sheep. Mm -hmm. 
they came back and most all of the sheep were dead. The reason being is one sheep decided to walk off a cliff and repeatedly oh. sheep were walking off the cliff till the point that they were no longer dying because the sheep that had died were buffering the fall of the sheep that were going oh. off the cliff. One by one, they were going right off a cliff. Wow. But we're called to be sheep. We are the sheep. He is the shepherd. He is the head of the church. The thought process is held in the shepherd. So our job is just to think on him. Yeah. And another set of scriptures that comes to mind is Hebrews 12, mm -hmm. where it says to look to Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. the cross. We're supposed to get strength for the day by looking to Christ. And one last thing about sheep, since we're mentioning <laughs> sheep, and Pastor Mark mentioned this in the series, was where it's in Psalms 23 as well, that he anoints our head with oil. And maybe you've this. seen this on Facebook. I love it. Why don't you share it, since you love it? Oh. You haven't shared a whole lot, so I I'll know, let you sorry. do it. I may not be able to accurately um, you know, uh, quote it, but I can give you, unless you have it written down. Do you have I it don't. written down? It's not written uh, down. So there's a picture that's been floating around on Facebook. It comes up every once in a while. I need to save it on my phone. But it's a picture of a sheep. Um, and it's getting oil poured all over its head. It's a very thick oil. The, the shepherd is pouring uh, oil on it. And it's saying it's in reference to that when it says, you anoint my head with oil. Uh, and so what happens with sheep is that the bugs, the, the, the pestilence, right, get into their eyes and their, and their wool it burrows into their skin and it drives these sheep crazy. Like it can literally dig a hole into its head through their nose, right? Go through their nose and into their brain and cause these sheep to go insane. Like they'll bash their head against a wall or a rock. Yeah, and then they kill themselves, right? And a way to to get that to not happen is the shepherd will put oil, right, all over their head and it shoves it into their nose and pour just into their ears, any, <laughs> any orifice <laughs> that potentially could be attacked by a pestilence, right? And it protects the sheep from an outside invasion, Exactly. That Specifically, was a, that, was a hard, that was great. Yeah, okay. You did phenomenal. <laughs> I hope you're clapping for right. him out so, there. Listening. So the the analogy, it's not an analogy, but the way it relates is when he's when he's saying, you anoint my head with oil, he's actually talking about how a shepherd is doing that to a sheep. So it's saturating and protecting your mind. Um, why don't you go ahead? I'm, yeah, I'm kind the of, main place that those bugs ahead. would seek to go was to the brain. Yes. And would work on it. It would bother sheep so much that they would bash their heads against a rock and would yeah. die. And the number one place that we're attacked yes. is in our minds. Okay. And God's oil, the Holy Spirit works on us, the anointing to protect our minds. Yes. Don't only work on these principles, but also spend time with the Lord and know that mm -hmm. his anointing protects us from these things. Glory Thank on the one Glory who God. thanks on you. Yeah. That's all I got. Are we ready for wisdom of the day? <laughs> sure. I was going to say another fun fact about sheep maybe I learned this from you, is that they don't inherently uh, grow their wool. Like, we've bred them to shear them. Did you tell me no. this? Oh, man. Someone was telling me this, that, like, the fact that we shear a sheep and then it grows its wool out again and we shear it again, like, we've bred them to do that. Like, sheep, like, so, uh, no, uh, in modern times, if you don't shear a sheep, it will weigh it down so much that it can, like, die. Right, so you have to keep shearing it. We've bred them to do that in the wild or like original sheep. It just stayed a certain length, and they were good. Interesting. Yeah, we've bred them to keep reproducing their wool, so we can. Do you have profit. a spiritual connotation to that? <laughs> yes, 
No, I don't. <laughs> right, I was, I was ready say, maybe, for it. maybe like uh, it's it. Okay, come to us I'm on thinking. Sunday. Maybe this is one that Selah moment. Maybe it's a Selah moment. Let people chew on it. Let their wool grow out some more. <laughs> Be shaved down a bit. <laughs> Present the wool to us of what they got out Present of that. The wool. No, I'll, I'll say this though. I think that original intent and original design. Um, especially when it comes from God, is always going to be the best. When we try and manipulate, fabricate, alter what God has already designed, it might be suitable for... Come to me on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Ask him about the wool on Sunday. I need to process it more. The the overarching main point I want to pull out of that is that God's plan and intent and design is always going to be better than your own. Amen. I like it. Right? (laughs) <laughs> oh, because we're profiting off the sheep, right? But is the sheep profiting having to get sheared every year and weighed down with wool just so we can stay warm in the winter, right? You're flat. <laughs> you might make an altar, an altercation to God's design because it serves your flesh. But oh. is it serving your spirit? Fire. I don't know. No, the answer is no. I'm going to take this podcast okay, back let's go over. To wisdom of the day. Let's go wisdom of the day. <laughs> Mine is the main point that I wanted to get across to you. Think on the one that thinks about you. I first taught this to my youth students. And when I was a youth student, I spent so much time thinking about the various crushes I had who (laughs) probably had absolutely no thoughts about me, did not like me, may not have been interested in me. But I spent the majority of my days wishing a certain girl would like me. How amazing and wonderful is the fact that there's someone who has 7.5 sextrillion plus Thoughts about me, and I can put my thoughts onto him. That's my wisdom of the day. It's an honor to have the almighty, all-loving, all-powerful, all-purposeful, and his leading Father God think about me. The least I can do is take some of those 6,000 thoughts and think towards him. Um, You know, you said this earlier, um, Proverbs, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 23-7, yes, sir. Um, I was just thinking about that for a minute, and... The reason why um, it's well, the reason why I think it's worded that way is because um, how you think of how you think of yourself is how you will present yourself to others, which is going to be their reality of who you are too. So it's important that you have the right viewpoint of yourself because it because that's literally how you will be, you will be presenting yourself to those around you. They're grasshoppers in we're grasshoppers right. in their sight. Exactly. But really they thought they were, you know what I'm talking about. I know about. what you're talking about, right? They thought they were grasshoppers. The Hebrew people going into Jericho yeah. thought the Jericho people saw them as grasshoppers. Yeah. But they saw them as giants of faith that yeah. God was going to move and eventually it led them not to go into the promised land. Yeah. Projection Yes, projection, right? It's Amen, that's, that, that's what that scripture is all about, man, projection. <laughs> <laughs> We're sending this podcast out as a projectile into your future. All right, with that, let's pray this podcast out. <laughs> Father God, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being good. Thank you for loving us with a precious love. Thank you for knowing all the stars, calling them out like an army by name. None of them are missing. And thank you for leading us and guiding us through your Holy Spirit. You're awesome, you're mighty, and we know by the promise of God in Isaiah that you will keep us in perfect and mature peace as we trust in you and as our minds and our thoughts are fixed on you. So, Father God, we endeavor to do that. Think on the one that thinks on us. We call all the listeners blessed. We thank you that you're blessing them this holiday season and working in their life. Uh, Be exalted, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
I don't know if people can hear that, but there's a there's a. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but there's outside. a smacking outside. I'm, I'm hoping that y'all can't hear it, but it's a little distracting. In this yes, room. that's why I was laughing. Yeah, I'm I was, sorry. I was laughing too. It kind of turned into a shoot the breeze moment there towards the last ten minutes. But hey, thank you so much for tuning in, and we look forward for you joining us next week on the Sewing and Growing podcast.